when we talk about college most of us think classroom instruction but huge possibly life changing opportunities abound outside the classroom hi welcome to this episode of college matters alma matters anu ramachandran is a graduate of the university of southern california or usc with degrees in neuroscience and philosophy anu's career in medicine was shaped by summer pursuits that took her to Brazil and Tanzania. These game-changing initiatives were made possible by the resources available at USC. Anu shares her amazing USC journey with us today. We offer our conversation with her in two parts. So without any delay, here's Anu. Hi, Anu. Welcome to our podcast, College Matters, Alma Matters. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you about uh, your USC experience, which mm-hmm. was, uh, I guess, some time ago. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, I think it'd be very relevant to our audience. And um, as I may have told you, we... Our listeners are fundamentally college-bound students and mm-hmm. mostly focused on students outside the U.S. who might be looking to study here. Sure. So, um, so that's the context. So I thought if we could spend some time and if you could share your experiences as an undergrad student at USC and how you navigated your way and what you took away, uh, that'd be awesome. So... Maybe we can just start with sort of your overall feel or experience uh, at USC now looking back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it has been a bit of time, actually. Uh, it doesn't quite feel like it, but looking back, it's been um, basically 10 years since I, since I started over there. Right. So uh, I had a really, really excellent time at USC, a wonderful mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I think it is a university that I think if I had to sum up, I would say it kind of offers the resources, platform, and kind of bandwidth to really carve your own experience mm-hmm. um, and to really do a deep dive into whatever areas like interest you and that you feel passionate about, Mm -hmm. but also really has a nice balance um, of work and life and of different sorts of experiences that contribute to kind of a college education Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of I think it's location in Los Angeles it's linked to the entertainment industry the film industry the music industry Mm -hmm. there's a lot of culture there that I think I benefited from Mm -hmm. necessarily know um, how much it would mean to have those experiences going in so you know I have mostly really really great things to say about it I know that it's got a really big student body and it has a really large international student population, um, many of whom were people that I, you know, interacted with in a lot of my classes. So I think that it's one of the more kind of open and welcoming universities for international students, as far as I'm aware. 
So maybe we can start at the beginning and say, why did you pick USC? Um, what, what made you go there? Yeah, I think um, it's a hard question to sort of drill down the specifics, I'd say. I grew up, you know, my family's from India, both my parents. Um, I grew up in the South Bay in San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, uh, you know, along with your kids to, to Harker, which mm-hmm. is a um, fairly academically rigorous, pretty intense sort of college prep type high school. Um, mm-hmm. We had really good education. And I think a lot of the focus was kind of on getting kids into colleges that were going to kind of set them up for the future down the road. And there's a lot of kind of forward thinking um, around the whole college application process at Harker. Mm-hmm. I think in some good ways, I think in some bad ways, but I think there was a lot of thought given to kind of what am I going to get out of a college experience and how's it going to move me forward? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, and I think a lot of students uh, at Harker applied pretty broadly. And a lot of us were fortunate to have a good number of different types of options to think about and sort of decide between when we were thinking about universities. Um, And um, I'll say that ultimately, you know, there's not too much to make up for the feeling, the sensation that you get when Mm -hmm. you kind of walk onto a campus and Mm -hmm. the, the energy and the students that you kind of connect with or don't. And I think that kind of intuitive sense is really important and something that I had a really good experience with I um, at USC. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the energy and the vibrancy of the student body was really attractive to me when I visited as a student. Um, and I actually returned to the campus to interview for um, one of their merit-based scholarships. And mm-hmm. they do kind of an interview day where they take you around the campus expose you to a lot of different, specifically kind of high achieving students um, in similar fields to what you're interested in and, mm-hmm. and do this kind of graded interview process to decide who they could offer kind of merit-based scholarships to. And I think USC is one of the few institutions these days among kind of the top 2025 schools in the U.S. that really continue to offer a pretty significant number of peer merit-based scholarships for students. And Mm -hmm. one thing that they're really good at is getting the funding um, Mm -hmm. rather aggressively to be able to continue those. So um, I think for me, the energy of the school, the diversity of interests of the student body, especially being able to be in a place where I'd be exposed to people who are doing things culturally, artistically, that were very new to me, things that I didn't have much experience with. Um, And then I knew, or at least I had an inkling at that time that I was interested in in medicine, Mm -hmm. um, or at least in some kind of graduate study. So I don't know that I had kind of made up my mind one way or another, but but around that time, I had a sense that there probably was going to be more school for me down the road. Um, and to that end, I, I ended up getting one of the uh, merit-based scholarships at USC called mm-hmm. the, the Trustee Scholarship. Congratulations, um, yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a really, really generous program. It covered the entirety of tuition for all four years and also um, kind of opened me up to a couple of other scholarship opportunities while I was there at the university. And mm-hmm. really, as somebody who was kind of 
in the very fortunate position of having um, finances not be the primary reason I had yeah. to choose a school over another. You know, I think that's the position a lot of people find themselves in. I was mm-hmm. not in that position, but the thought of really being able to graduate from university with zero debt mm-hmm. um, and to go into medical school with some of those funds that my parents had done the work to save up for me, um, you know, I think was looking back one of my most <laughs> forward thinking moments as a 17 year old. I mean, I didn't have many, but I think that was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And the I, it's hard to understate how big of a difference it's made now, 10 years down the line, looking back and thinking, you know, I was able to graduate from undergrad with zero debt um, Mm -hmm. and I was able to use some of the funds that my parents had saved for me to to pay um, to some degree some of my medical school fees. And that made a huge, huge difference in kind of what I was able to decide in terms of medical schools, Um, some of the opportunities I felt like I had a little bit more freedom to pursue and Mm some of the, you know, some of the financial position I find myself in today, which compared to a lot of people who graduate medical school in the US, um, I find myself feeling really fortunate about where I am. Um, So I think that was certainly a consideration um, financially. And then, um, you know, I had grown up in the Bay Area. I think it's a wonderful environment. It's hard to imagine a better place to grow up. But Mm -hmm. To some degree, I felt like it was important for me to to remove myself at least a little bit from uh, the Bay Area bubble. And I was kind of curious about what other parts of the country had to offer. Um, Mm -hmm. I only made it as far as L.A. back then, but have since, you know, traveled a little bit further. I think that instinct to... um, to kind of separate myself, try a new set of surroundings and experiences was ultimately really useful. Um, And I felt like the people that I met at USC and their experiences were in a lot of ways so different from my own. I thought I grew a lot and learned a lot from them. So how was the, um, how was the sort of transition from high school to college to USC Um, How was the academic program? Yeah, I mean, academically, I think, you know, we were so lucky looking at Harker. I mean, so many of our instructors there were such high quality to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. And the kind of content that they offered, the rigor, all of that was, I'd say, on par with a lot of um, at least my preliminary college courses. So, you know, I will say that I was pretty fortunate to have a decent setup in terms of skills and habits and kind of fund of knowledge mm-hmm. to, to be able to launch into academics. Um, I think I got some good advice early on when I was choosing courses um, because I think the instinct of every kind of gunner kid who envisions himself maybe ending up in medicine um, is to load yourself up with science classes, pre-med classes, et cetera, et cetera, um, Uh right off the bat. And Uh I think I was given the very good advice to really in the first semester limit myself um, Uh to really one very rigorous technical class and Uh to spread out um, the rest of my curriculum with 
you know, courses that I wouldn't necessarily have imagined myself taking. Um, mm-hmm. And, and one of those was actually an intro philosophy course, um, which I ended up totally falling for and being fascinated by and uh, ended up majoring in philosophy, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I think I would say that, especially for people, even if you do see yourself ending up somewhere that's kind of trenched in hard sciences, that doesn't necessarily have to be how you hit the ground running in college to be successful. And I think kind of doing the opposite actually was really helpful for me. Um, Having um, a little bit less of a super academic load uh, in terms of course materials was helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, being not on the exact same schedule of courses that every pre-med student was, Mm -hmm. was actually really helpful for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I took... I took biology my first semester, but I actually deferred. Most most pre-med students take biology and chemistry together their first semester. I mm-hmm. just took biology and deferred chemistry um, and started it like a semester late. Mm-hmm. And uh, it meant that I was kind of off track, relatively speaking, compared to the giant horde of pre-medical students. Right, right. And so it meant that I ended up being in chemistry classes with uh, people who were actually more interested in chemistry for chemistry's right. sake. And yeah. the classes were a little bit smaller. Um, so I found my experience to be a lot less painful than a lot of my pre-med friends uh, because you weren't in these classes with gigantic numbers of pre-med students. Um, and, you know, I found uh, another interest that I kind of had not had exposure to before, which was philosophy. And um, so I think academically I had a, a relatively easy transition. One plug I'll put in for USC is they have this really interesting um program called the thematic option. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every college, almost every college these days, you have to do some sort of core general education requirements Mm -hmm. um, to kind of qualify you as like a liberal arts college. And um, for for USC, they, especially for, for kids who, you know, are on their scholarship tracks or that display a significant interest in kind of broadening their scope and really like diving into that liberal arts Mm -hmm. mentality. Um, It's an alternative to the standard general education curriculum that's Mm -hmm. called the thematic option. Um, And it's a much smaller program. There were probably a couple of dozen kids in it in my year. Um, And it meant that all of our general education courses were actually these uh, special TO courses that uh, really focused on integrating like knowledge from a lot of different areas. So we'd have courses where, you know, we'd, you know, be reading Greek mythology and then pairing it with like 1920s cinematic history and pairing it with, you know, French literature. It was a very intersectional approach to mm-hmm. to the humanities and humanities education. And we did a lot of small group education where it was really like five or six of us with um, with an instructor learning some of the critical skills of reading, comprehension, writing, um, arguing a point, those sorts of things. And uh, I really felt like I benefited a lot from it. I found a lot of good friends there because it was a lot of kids who had very intersectional, interesting interests and people who were majoring in everything from business to film to science to, to philosophy, you know? So 
Um, that was, I think, actually a, a relatively unique program and one that I benefited from. And they organized certain programs and uh, activities for us as a group to kind of bring us together in that way. So mm-hmm. I'd say overall, um, academically, and I think socially, I think USC did a pretty good job of it's a big school um, and it is a little bit overwhelming because it's a very uh, urban school in that mm-hmm. it's basically like slam dunk in the center of South Central Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you walk across the street or you walk four blocks up and you're at the Staples Center, you know. So um, I think they mitigated that well by creating these kind of smaller academic and social mini communities within USC and there Uh are so many of them and I think that at least for me facilitated a lot of my um, transition from from high school to to college because it really it's a huge difference and it was a big difference for me but I felt like I was lucky enough to be put in a position to kind of jump headfirst in and feel like I was enjoying it instead of having it be like an overwhelming experience which I know it it can be and and often was for friends of mine cool so it looks like they created little cocoons you know for uh, you know not that small but reasonably small communities yeah, that you were exactly. able to relate to people no that's that's great how are, how are the um, classmates the peers I mean how what was that like I mean, what, how were the yeah I think that's also a place where I benefited from a little cocoon within USC. They have, they do a, a I think a good job of kind of stratifying students um, off the bat. Everybody lives on campus for the most part their first year and they guarantee, mm-hmm. you know, a year of on-campus housing. Um, almost all of the students who were going on scholarships um, were roomed and housed in one or two kind of buildings, um, Mm -hmm. specifically in a particular kind of corner of the campus. Mm -hmm. They weren't particularly fancy or nice buildings, um, but it meant that, you know, right off the bat, you were on a day-to-day basis with people who had, um, at least in my experience, like a great uh, amount of like ambition enthusiasm um they at the time had a program where you could actually skip your final year of high school and mm-hmm. come to usc a year early mm-hmm. um i forget the name of that program um but those students were also housed in in our kind of quarters and so we had um I think maybe a little bit of a bubble within USC, certainly, but definitely a kind of nice protected space where it was a lot of people who um, were kind of nerdy and had kind of various academic interests, like chatting and talking and were sort of excited and engaged in the academic side of the school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that USC is a huge school and honestly has changed a lot in the last 10, 20 years, you know, sometimes uh-huh. I go back, I mean, even physically, the every time I'm back on campus, it kind of feels like a new place because they are constantly in a period of like transitioning, building new things, um, like developing all these new programs. But um, what I think that did for me is create a, a nice social enclave and um I think that the people I lived with my first year of college on that floor are basically all 
my closest friends from college that I mm-hmm. still keep in touch with. Um, and they had very different backgrounds from me, which I thought was so eye opening. You know, it was the first time I had made really good friends with people from, you know, my best friend from college uh, is from this tiny town in Indiana where she didn't have chemistry at her school. Mm. Uh, and she, you know, it's the it was for a while the city with the highest unemployment rate in the country. Um, and, you know, her experiences and yet, you know, she like me was like a young nerd who like liked science and like talking about things. And we got along really, really well. Um, and, you know, it was my first time meeting people who had some of these experiences, these backgrounds Um especially from different parts of the country, because I think truly California is in a lot of ways a bit of a bubble. And I I met people who had come from so many different walks of life to find themselves at USC. Um, and I really think that was probably far and away the most valuable part of the whole experience was the people that I met and kind of the, the sense of perspective that I got. Um, because I think that especially growing up in the Bay area and sometimes growing up in, um, communities that are for better, or for worse, really focused on achievement and academics. I think that you get a little bit of an insular view or a kind of narrow view of what's important or what merits success. Um, uh-huh. and I think that, kind of exposing yourself to a big city with a really diverse population um, and a student body that was similar in a lot of ways. Um, and at least the people that I met and became close to really opened my eyes to kind of the realities that a lot of people face for better or for worse. And the fact that, yeah, there are some real more concrete problems out there that uh, started to gain my interest um, and sort of changed a lot of how I think about, you know, my day to day. So, yeah, I think that the students were really great. How about um, how are how are the teaching and the professors? How was the quality of instruction? Yeah, I thought it was really excellent. I was for the most part, really surprised. I'd say the thematic option in particular, they kind of draw professors who are really engaged and interested in intersectional um, teaching and Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time focusing on that. So that was a highlight. I'll say, I mean, generally speaking, the like intro science courses, and I don't know if this is true everywhere, but like they're gigantic lectures. There's like hundreds of people the content is relatively standardized no matter where you go because it has to be. And it's not like the most thrilling. Um, So I would say the majority of the teaching quality there was like fine, but not particularly like dramatically amazing that I can recall, Um, but serviceable and totally functional. Um, The, the philosophy courses were for the most part, fantastic because they're smaller. The professors were really passionate and engaged. And I felt like that's where I had some really, really great, really, really interesting discussions and mm-hmm. um, readings and the opportunity to talk to people who were like really passionate about it because there's no real reason to major in philosophy unless you like it. <laughs> right, like, right. Um, so that was, a, I think, a nice foil for all the big science classes. Um, and then I ended up double majoring. I majored in neuroscience as well. And I think some of the upper division neuroscience classes were fascinating, too, because I mm-hmm. think that's where you get 
you know, away from the really basic, boring, you know, here's all of the different um, species of hominids for you to memorize, you know, which for me was not that interesting and got into a lot of the like, how do we like derive our understanding of the nervous system and what tools do we use and how much do we not know and how do we sort of bridge that gap and I think those are the questions that I found a lot more interesting Mm -hmm. um and so I found the the upper division neuroscience classes were really great because the professors were all very research focused they did a lot of time in labs and they had a lot of really interesting things to say and I think um made what could be really hard to digest content um fairly engaging and interesting for for kids who are excited about that stuff which I was at least so um let's talk about the summers what uh, what kinds of things did you do during the different summers um, at usc yeah oh gosh this is pushing my recall a little bit so um the first summer after my freshman year i did this really really great program um it was called, and it's a program at USC called, believe, Problems Without Passports. Um, mm-hmm. It's this series of courses that uh, is run during the summer. And they, the aim of it is to have a course around a topic that's kind of global mm-hmm. and to spend a portion of time on campus kind of in classes learning about it. And then to have a chunk of time where as a group, you travel to some Uh location and kind of deepen or develop that understanding in some way. Um, Uh So I took this really amazing class um, about faith healing and kind of the entity of like the intersection between spirituality and medicine and how Uh that manifests in different cultures. Um, Uh And so we spent a couple of weeks in L.A. doing courses and uh, actually did a couple of like mini field trips because there's a lot of uh, interesting little pockets of L.A. because it's such a gigantic, such a diverse city that you can find a lot of global stuff even within there. Yeah. Um, And went to some of these, uh, you know, hyper religious kind of... um, services uh-huh. where they talked a lot about and claimed a lot of ability to to like cure physical ailments through spirituality and faith uh-huh. um and then we spent uh, a month in brazil um which wow. was what drew me to the <laughs> the course in the first place um so there's a really world famous faith healer in uh in brazil called john of god who kind of practices um, kind of at the intersection between uh, kind of it's mostly kind of British Catholic or sorry, not British um, Brazilian Catholicism, um, Uh but with an interplay and influence from some of the more like traditional religions Uh um, of Brazil. And it's pretty common in Brazil to have your primary care doctor or the person that you go to uh, not be like a Western trained medical provider, but to be somebody from the realm of like spiritual healing. Um, Mm -hmm. 
especially in more remote parts of the country. So we um, we spent we went to Brasilia um, and then we took a van like three hours out um, into the basically into the middle of the Amazon um, and spent four weeks in this little sleepy village uh, where John of God kind of had his um, yeah, had his uh, establishment. And it was amazing. I mean, people came from all over the world to come see him and get treatments by him. Um, and, you know, he had a whole establishment, church, numerous structures, and a whole village that had sort of built up around it and to service all the people who came to see him. Um, mm-hmm. And he... Um, you know, everyone wore white. He, you know, had this specific herb that he would boil and make potions out of. He would do this like spiritual surgery on people. He would, people would wait in line for hours to see him. Um, and so my intrepid anthropology professor, uh, Dr. Aaron Moore, who ended up being like a huge mentor for me, um, you know, took this little group of, uh, I think about five or six of us to go, to go visit. And we stayed in the village. We joined the ceremonies and festivities. We participated in some of the activities. And then we talked a lot to the people who lived in that town and the village and sort of did a kind of rudimentary anthropological study to understand some of the forces that drive institutions like this and kind Mm -hmm. of what their impact is um and it was amazing it was and it was funded through usc the travel was um because they have these summertime research grants um Mm -hmm. that i think cover up to i think at least three thousand dollars so um you know uh all of that was sort of run and done by usc and it was pretty lucky that i was able to just kind of find it, think it sounded interesting and kind of slot in and, and be able to experience something like that. It was pretty special. Oh, that's awesome. Sounds awesome. So then you had to come back to LA for the second year. Um, after all that. <laughs> I know, what a shame. <laughs> Hi again. Hope you enjoyed part one of this podcast with Anu Ramachandran. Anu's vivid details on the campus the classes, and the value of being in central Los Angeles are very compelling. The summer initiative in the Amazon to experience faith healing is unforgettable. Do listen to part two of Anu's podcast to get her complete USC story. For questions to the guest or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you.